Good morning. Um, our scripture for the sermon today is from 1 Timothy 1, verses 1 through 11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, brothers. Good morning, Antioch Church. Yeah. Um, I've been reading in my personal devotions in the book of Acts recently and just kind of amazed at all the things that were happening in Acts as the gospel is starting to go out and, and how God was using specific people. It's the stories of people carrying the gospel uh, throughout Israel and, and then beyond that throughout uh, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. It's, it's the story of the, the Great Commission. And one of those key people was the Apostle Paul. Uh, I was just so amazed in reading about this. Paul was, uh, he was a persecutor of the church, causing problems, and then God used him to spread the gospel. He saved him, sent him on mission, and, and part of it is he had, to get, he had to go through all kinds of trial. We talked about this in staff meeting the other day, and it was such a great conversation that we spent pretty much the whole staff meeting just talking about what we were seeing in the book of Acts. And, uh, and amazed at how at this work that Paul was doing. But one of the things that's really clear is Paul wasn't doing this work alone. He was not a lone ranger. He was constantly surrounded by other people. He was mentoring young people. He was working with ministry partners. And one of those young people was this young man named Timothy. A super young guy named Timothy. Paul met him. And, uh, and, and wanted to get him involved in ministry. Timothy gives his life to Jesus, and off they go. And, and as they go, and Paul's sending him on these ministry assignments uh, to go here and do this, and then go over there and do that, we learn a lot from it. 
Because I learn a lot about it. I, I look at Timothy and I think, I can relate to this guy. God's sending me to do something I don't know how to do. Or this hard to do. Or I've got a big learning curve to be able to figure that out. And so as we, as we start this journey into the book of 1 Timothy, I just want to reiterate that Timothy is so relatable. It's so easy to, to just for you and I to say, let's just hear this as if Paul is mentoring us. What would he have to say to me? What would he have to say to you in helping you do the thing that God's calling you to do right now? Whatever that might be, so that you can, you can continue to grow and become more effective for God and for his kingdom as we go. And so as we get started today, we're getting started in the book of 1 Timothy. And mostly what I want to talk about is kind of this background of how Timothy got to the place that Paul's writing this letter to him. And so if you wouldn't mind, let's just pause and pray over the word of God together. Father, thank you for giving us your word. Uh, all of these, these letters and poems and, and records that have been collected in this Bible, it's amazing and it's relevant to us. And we just acknowledge today that your word is living it's active, it's sharp enough to cut right into, through the facade and into our hearts and minds to change us, to heal us, to cause us to become more like Jesus. And so Father, we come here today with an openness to submit to your word. So teach us and help us to come to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Studying the history of a person in the Bible is interesting. Sometimes we don't have uh, like dates laid out. Like when he was 11 years old, he did this. When he was 12, he did this. Sometimes we do. Sometimes some of that can be derived by looking at other historical records or by looking at other pieces of history. And people have worked really hard to understand the New Testament and the the, the book of Acts and the whole chronology of the early church. Uh, in fact, there's one reference that I just found interesting. And in, in uh, Romans chapter 16, the apostle Paul just, he's thanking some people who've been helpful to him in his work. And he makes this comment uh, to give thanks to a guy named Erastus, the director of public works in Corinth. And no one really thought much about that comment. Like, okay, that was probably a guy by that name in Corinth. Um, almost 2,000 years go by. And then about 100 years ago, they were excavating part of the old city of Corinth. And they found a plaque in the cement. And the plaque said to Erastus, the director of public works in return for his service, paid for it by his own expense. So they're like, that's the guy. That's the guy in Romans 16. And it gave like a date. And things like that can sometimes help us figure out when stuff in the New Testament actually took place. And so as we look at this, we're going to see, I'm going to give a little bit of a chronology, a little bit of a record of Timothy's life and how God developed him and grew him through assignments that he was sent on to do. And uh, I'll give you a heads up as we do this. You can be thinking about this question. What is your assignment? What is your current assignment? 
Timothy had a ser- series of assignments, each one to teach him and grow him in specific ways. And he learned from each one. Uh, none of us can do this thing when we're only this ready and mature. God gives us assignments to help us grow. So be thinking about what's your specific assignment from God right now. What starts, Timothy's story starts in about A.D. 49. He was young. I don't know how old he was. The fact that he was single might say that he was even a teenager. We're not sure. But he meets the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul leads him to Christ. And, and his, his mother was Jewish. His father was Greek. Paul leads him to Christ. And he starts to grow right away. And Paul thinks, I'm going to take you with me. I want to take you with me to go bring Jesus to this group. And there's Jews there. And they might be concerned about your Greek background. So why don't we get you circumcised before we go? (laughs) Can you imagine that? Uh, And that's what they did. That kind of blows me away because that's in Acts 16. In Acts 15, they just resolved the issue that, like, you don't have to become Jewish to be a good Christian. You can stay a, a Gentile, a Greek. And yet here Paul still wants to be extra careful. And so he sets this pretty high bar for Timothy. I mean, this guy paid a price to go and do ministry with Paul. But it tells us a lot about Timothy and his willingness and his eager to get out there and get busy for the gospel. And so the next year, Paul arrives in Corinth to plant a church. He stays in Corinth for about a year and a half. And while he's in Corinth, he writes the book, 1 Thessalonians. So you can see where Paul is moving from one city to another. He'll meet believers and lead people to Jesus, plant a church. And then when he's in this city, he'll write a letter back to one that he was at before. And he's writing these letters back to these cities. And sometimes with these young, younger people he's mentoring, he would send them with the letter or before the letter, or to follow up after the letter so that they could continue the work. He's doing that with Timothy. So Timothy's first assignment was to go back to Thessalonica to encourage and and give Paul a report. It says in 1 Thessalonians 1.1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God, uh, grace and peace to you. And as we follow through into chapter 3, it says, We sent Timothy, who's our brother and co-worker in God's service, and spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in the faith. Uh, But Timothy has just now come to us from you and brought good news about your faith and love. So his first assignment was, go spend some time with the church in Thessalonica and encourage them and then let me know how they're doing. And he writes 1 Thessalonians in light of Timothy's report. So he's young, he goes, he encourages, he comes back and tells Paul, hey, Paul, they're doing pretty well. In fact, I saw this and I heard that. Um, and I'm amazed at that. It, it, it just shows like this huge level of trust that Paul would give this young man that he could go and function as a reporter I'm sure that was stretching for Timothy, but yet at the same time, with God's help, something he could do. So that was his first assignment. 
Then around AD 53, Paul start, he moves uh, to Ephesus, and he stays there for quite a while. And while he's there, he writes the letter of 1 Corinthians. So he's sending this letter back to 1 Corinthians. And with it, Paul sent Timothy to the Corinthian church to be an example. And he sends him after the letter. So listen to a couple excerpts from 1 Corinthians. Paul said, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I've sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who's faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Then later in the book, Paul says, When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace so that he may return to me. It sounds like a weird comment, right? Don't beat this kid up. Be nice. But when you read 1 Corinthians, you realize this church was a total mess. Of every church that Paul wrote to, 1 Corinthians was in the worst shape by far. The letter that he sent was super confrontational. You're messing up here. You're fighting over this. I mean, it's a super confrontational book. And Timothy's going in on the heels of that. So when there's people in conflict in a church, it's real easy for them to shoot their wounded. It's easy for them to find an easy target and blame that person. And Paul's like, don't do that to Timothy. He's coming to help you. He's coming to be an example. And think about this too. This church of believers were acting in ways that were super immature. So Paul sends a super young guy, maybe he's in his mid-20s, and he says, this is your example of how to live. That could be rubbing a little bit of salt in the wound, right? All of you guys who are up here, you really should be following the example of Timothy. And be nice to him or I'll find out. (laughs) That'd be a tough assignment. Put yourself in Timothy's shoes. I have to go help this group of conflicted, uh, sinning, messed up people and stay there for a while and show them an example of how to live. That's a tough assignment for Timothy. Well, after that, uh, Paul has spent three years in Ephesus, and now he's heading over to Rome. Um, And Paul writes the book of Philippians. The Philippian church was just the opposite of the Corinthian church. Super healthy. Really cool book to read Philippians and realize, wow, these people are really good. They're doing really well. And Paul sent Timothy there to just encourage them. Uh, with the letter. It says in 2 Timothy, and I love this, this is one of the coolest affirmations that I can imagine saying about a person. He says in Philippians chapter 2, Paul said to the church, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also might be cheered when I receive news about you. So he's again reporting. But he says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for for my welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. 
Because just as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. It's kind of like he's saying to this church, look, I've got a team. I've got a team of consultants and helpers, and I could pick any one, but I'm going to pick the best. This guy will watch out for you. He's not going to come with his own agenda. He's not going to come looking out for his own interests. He's coming to help you. I have nobody like this guy. That's pretty cool. That would be a pretty good assignment to go and encourage that church uh, and for that church to receive Timothy that way. And then uh, the next assignment Paul gives, he's writing the, the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. Uh, if you're familiar with that, it's a really cool book, another good church. He spends three chapters on like, this is what Christ has done for you, and now this is how we should live that out. And so he sends Timothy to the Ephesian church not to go and report back, not to just go and encourage for a little while, but to go there and stay. He says, this is your final assignment, Timothy. All these other assignments have been to prepare you for this. I want you to go and I want you to be their pastor. I want you to stay and shepherd this group of people. It says in, in 1 Timothy, we read it, as I urged you, Timothy, when we went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so you can, and he gives these instructions of what he's supposed to do and teach. It's pretty cool. I think about Timothy's assignments, and I think, how challenging would each one of these have been? For a young guy, what if it was you? And Paul was saying, go to this place and do this work. Would you feel a little bit stretched by that? Would that feel a little bit out of place for you? I would think it would. And yet Paul was growing up Timothy and and Titus and Silas and encouraging Barnabas and all these people and was actually writing these letters A lot of these letters came from multiple of these people together. Paul, Timothy, and Silas were writing to you, right? So he's really developed this ministry team. As I think about this for us, as we look at the example of Timothy and the life of Timothy, I wonder, what is God's current assignment for you? What is the thing that God's called you to do Right now, I spent some time just reflecting on my own life and how God uh, called me to serve Him. Didn't know where that would go or what that would look like necessarily, but God gave me assignments that I needed to recognize at the time. Uh, May I remember working when I worked in an assembly plant, building oil burners, screwing in these bolts, you know. I had the super clear sense that my assignment was to share Jesus with the person who worked right here and the person who worked right here. That was my job. And so that's what I did. We had great conversations uh, with a variety of different kind of people, whoever I was working beside each day. That was my assignment. It was super scary. But it was what God called me to do. Uh, Or when I worked in a steel processing plant. It's kind of dangerous, dirty work. 
Um, I got picked on a lot, called preacher, even though I was really young and hadn't gone to school for that or anything. Um, but yet in private, people would come up to me and say, hey man, can you pray for my wife? She's got cancer. Things like this. So I was like the prayer guy for all these people who had no spiritual helpers. That was my assignment. And I knew that. Like tolerate being yelled at and made fun of when the group's there so that I could be present and helpful when the individuals came up. That was my assignment. I had other assignments that were super weird. Uh, when I was in college, I had this sense God was calling me to start a, a, a team to go visit a mental health center once a week. I could tell you stories about that. It was super weird, but it was God's assignment. And each time I was out of my element, I was doing something I didn't really feel comfortable with doing, but it helped, it helped meet that need and it helped me grow uh, and, and, and mature in each, in each one of those assignments. So as you think about it, what's your current assignment from God? Maybe you can think about a time when you knew like, yeah, I remember like a few years ago God called me or encouraged me to do this and I knew this was what God wanted me to do. What's the current thing? What's your assignment right now? Paul's assignment to Timothy was to go and settle into this church and to, uh, to, to be a minister there, to be a source of stability and strength there, and to be their pastor. He said, stay in Ephesus so that you can command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such as work, uh, such as such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. Sounds like a lot of churches today. People are speculating, they're suspicious of everything, they're having conversations that are controversial and cited, and what about this? And I heard this on the internet, and I saw a blog about that. And, and uh, Paul's like, just go there and keep people focused on Jesus. Bring some strength, Timothy. And I love this in verse 5 of 1 Timothy 1. He says, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. People want to push this agenda or teach that thing or hold this position. And Paul's reminding Timothy, the goal of all of this is the love of Christ among us. There would be people who love one another and enjoy the love of Jesus together. And he goes on and describes like reminding Timothy, yep, we know the law tells that the people out there who are sinning are sinning. That's what the law does. Now let's bring it home, and how do we help each other grow up in Christ? And he's given them these instructions. But as I reflected on Timothy's assignment to be a pastor here, and the other assignments Timothy had, I realized there's a few things that I could learn from it. Number one, it, it would not be easy. In most of these assignments, Timothy had to correct people, he had to confront people. He was a young man. He was timid. He wasn't super confident. And he had to put himself into harm's way. It was a hard assignment to do. 
But I'm also reminded in this that it was the gospel that's the answer. Paul says it was entrusted to me and it's entrusted to you. The book of 2 Timothy is just all about, like, Timothy is a man, hold on to the gospel. Hold on to this deposit of faith that's been given to you. That's your strength. It's not you. It's not the stuff you do. It's what you cherish in your heart. And that's true for us as well. It would require someone who has been faithful on past assignments to be able to do the current one. And that's why this is important, because whatever your current assignment is, it's important for what it is, but it's also important for the next assignment God's going to give you. To be faithful on whatever this is, it might seem small, it might seem irrelevant, it might seem really challenging, it might be something you don't want to do, but being faithful in it will prepare you to do the next thing, and we don't know what that is. So it's important that we understand what God's assignment is for us today so that we can be used by him. I can tell you whatever you decide it is or determine that it is, it won't be something that's easy. As you try to figure out what your assignment is, when you do it, something in you is going to have to die. Something in you is going to have to die in order to do the thing God's calling you to do. The Bible talks about that a lot. Some call it the mortification of the flesh. We're like, something in me doesn't fit the hole that God's putting me in, plugging me into right now. Something in me is going to have to die. So maybe it's pride or a desire. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe I cherish something else too much. I'm going to have to let go of that to do the thing God's calling me to do. That's how we grow. That's how we grow. Jesus said you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. You have to let our flesh die. And, and when we sit at home on the couch watching TV, we're not aware of what it is that needs to die. But when we get up and do the thing God's calling us to do, we become aware of it. Because it starts getting in the way. Whatever your assignment is, it's probably going to involve helping other people, benefiting other people, building up the church is a way he talks about it a lot. It'll require some partnership, but it also require you to hold on to the gospel. The gospel will be the fuel that drives you through, through, through the assignment God has for you to do. So what is your assignment? I want to give you two things to do to help discover what your assignment is. Do you want to know what your assignment is right now? Do you want to have clarity on that? Because I think that if we don't, we're just all going to come to church again next Sunday and then the Sunday after, and life just kind of, we just kind of float. But if we understand God has a unique thing for you to do, it's different than me. God has a unique thing for you to do. And when we each do the thing that God has led us to do, now the church is starting to function on, on all cylinders. We're going to make some progress. Cool things are going to happen. And then you'll start to see, oh, wow, God's aligning all these things. But I don't, if you don't know what your assignment is, it won't, it won't work. So here's how you can find out. Just two simple things to do. 
Number one, read the book of 1 Timothy this week. Okay, it's uh, like five chapters long or six, chap- six chapters long. So you get a day off. Just one chapter a day. It's literally just four pages in my Bible. So it's not hard. Uh, you can read it at one time like they probably did when they got the letter. Or you can read one chapter a day throughout the week and just chew on it. But read the book of 1 Timothy and think about what's my assignment. And then the second thing, the second thing I want you to do is I want you to commit to ask God. Ask God what your assignment is. Ask him. I mean, I think God's probably eager for you to know it and waiting for you to ask. So ask him. Ask God, what is my assignment? What's my current assignment? And I was just thinking about how would I do this? So I took a picture of my notebook. I just jotted it down. What is my current assignment? Um, And here's what I would do and what I plan to do this week is I wrote Monday. should have started it today with Sunday. Um, Give my initial answer. What do I think the answer is right now? It might be I have no idea. That might be my Monday answer to that question. It might be I don't care because I've been skipping class and I don't know what the teacher's assignment is for me. When my kids miss class, I say, then email your teacher. Connect, find out, ask, what's my assignment? Maybe Tuesday is, I'm still not sure, but maybe it has to do with X. And just see how it develops throughout the week as you continually answer so that you have this record of how God is informing you, how God's answering that question in your heart. And just kind of jot it down as you're reading 1 Timothy. So do you understand your current homework? Number one is what? Read read 1 Timothy. Yeah, okay. I'm asking you what's written right behind you. So this is pretty, I hope you get it right. And what's your second thing? Yeah, ask, ask God. Ask God every day. Like set aside some time to ask God every day. God, help me understand my assignment. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And you know what? If it's a really, really small thing, then embrace it. Embrace it. Because it's from God. I remember when God's assignment for me was to, to help in the nursery at a church. And I remember coming to realize that in this church, the carpet was like super dirt. It was nasty. I'm like, our kids are crawling on that? That's disgusting. And so I just remember having this real good, clear sense that I think my assignment from God is to wash that carpet. To like go rent a carpet cleaner thing and just do the carpet thing or whatever. So Kimberly and I went and we just cleaned this carpet in these rooms. And it just felt really good to be able to serve the Lord in a way that we felt was good, built up the church. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't public. It wasn't known by other people who was in there cleaning the carpet. It was just something something that God was saying, why don't you do this? Just take care of that need. But each time you respond to God's call and you do your assignment, then you get another one. And you grow. And God uses you to impact the world for Christ. So that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to take some investigation and we're going to ask God, what is our assignment? What we're going to do right now, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. Um, let me just 
pause and pray about that. Worship team's going to come up and we're going to prepare to take the Lord's Supper here. Father, thank you for this example of Timothy, that we get to just see this young man doing really hard things. I'm sure he had a lot of nights where he just went home and cried. I'm sure he had a lot of days where he was afraid and timid and didn't know what to do. But he got up and he engaged and he did what you called him to do. And Lord, I pray that for us as we think about where we are right now, Lord, would you help us this week as we explore what our current assignment is? Father, we want to be a part of your movement on this earth. We want to be used by you. We want to grow and become more useful and more like Jesus. And so help us as we do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.